0: Hello and welcome to Into the Aether. It's a low-key video game podcast and my name is
1: Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. I liked that. Uh, you, You didn't see it uh cuz you know this is a podcast but Brendan smiled and like extended both of his hands as if I was like a magic trick that he was revealing. <laughs> I was more just letting you start the episode because I- oh. <laughs> you were signaling to me to do my part but I took it as a compliment and didn't say anything. <laughs> I'm the rabbit that you pull out of your hat basically. Yeah. Uh AJ
0: can you play back the first version of that opening where I just steamrolled everything that Stephen tried to say? he <laughs> needed to start the episode over. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Into the Aether. It's a low key video game podcast. My name is Brendan Bigley. I'm Stephen Hilger. Ready? Oh, that was the most for Resident
1: Evil. What's up? Sorry. Let's wow. start over. Jump it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can't get a word in. Sorry. <laughs> You're, you've never been more ready for the show. Hey! Wow! All right. Maybe that's why I was hesitant to get a word in because <laughs> before you were like, "Bazinga! Wow!" <laughs>
0: Yeah, I've been trying to come up with my own Bazinga for like five years now. Please do. What do you think I, it could I, be? Do you have any ideas? Oh my god. Full moon uh, ass well, boy 68. If What if I just came in every time I walked
1: into a door that I just said that? So you're looking for a catchphrase. Not necessarily, a, because to me Bazinga is cursed. So you want a catchphrase. I want a catchphrase. Want
0: I, think, I think I need to have a catchphrase. Okay. Um,
1: <laughs> I don't know why this is my first thought. Oh. But I'm going to share it. <laughs> I don't know, I got, as if it was a past life, I got such a clear image of you <laughs> looking at the camera, lowering your glasses and going, that seems logical. <laughs> 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 I have no idea, you've never said that, it's not even in character, <laughs> but it was my first, I got like struck by lightning and I was like, that's it, that's your catchphrase, that you seems logical. That was so quick. And so on point and so
0: good that I think we should just move right on. AJ, play the spooky season music. We're going in. <laughs> Preamble over. Video games. That's what's happening now. Because
1: you know what? Uh, that seems logical. Oh, oh my, you did it and it was even better than I envisioned. <laughs> I know, dear listener, that you can't see us, but just maybe, maybe go on, maybe make a TikTok and just do that and never post again. (laughs) That's a great idea. (sighs) Anyway. Wow. I, I, this is a weird, like, like espresso shot of an episode. It's going (laughs) to be shorter where we both have to leave sooner than later. Uh And you're like segmenting it so harshly and like very high intensity doses so we'll get right into it hey welcome to halloween town uh <laughs> last week you talked about resident evil Biohazard. are you the mayor huh of
0: halloween town
1: am i the mayor yeah you know the, the one with switching the faces heads. yeah i mean i i feel so strongly that if there was ever a production that i was somehow involved in i would probably be cast as the mayor mm. i have like I was always cast as, like, weird monarchs. Yeah. <laughs> like Any, like, low-voiced, confused king. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I think I could probably be a good mayor. The the one that switches faces.
0: Yeah. That, seem, that uh, seems... That seems like, in
1: this town, don't we love it? Now You're everyone's natural. waiting for the next that. surprise. Yeah. Um, Sing anymore, and Walt Disney is going to rise up from his grave and sue us. Once I move, I'll be able to be even louder, but right now I can't, because <laughs> I will get kicked out of Halloween Town. So um, sit okay. tight, listeners. Once... <laughs> You're waiting (laughs) once i'm mayor of halloween (laughs) (laughs) once i'm mayor of halloween town uh this show will basically become a bjork album once i move (laughs) because i can just do whatever i want um uh, in terms of vocal expression i love work. that was not an insult anyway uh god uh resident evil 4 so you brought up resident evil 7 last time mm-hmm. and we briefly touched on resident evil 4 5 and 6 because like they released all of them for the switch all of them meaning they released resident evil 4 5 6 and the gamecube remake of the first game uh which is Awesome. That's a great game. Um, I'll talk more about the remake of the first game, but I kind of wanted to just share my like overall experience with the series. So have you ever played like, the original games of Resident Evil? I haven't. The first one I played was 4 that was the first time I ever
0: got into that series yeah
1: yeah so we'll be talking about four specifically but I just kind of wanted to brush against um do broad strokes of my past with it because I actually wrote about this in one of our uh, previous newsletters but um I played a lot of the original Resident Evil 2 that was like one of my favorite games growing up and I played a lot with my dad and the original three I would say uh, so there's I, I was a big fan of Resident Evil 1, Resident Evil 2. For those who haven't played, uh, they're super campy, known for like really ridiculously delivered dialogue. Um, vo- one of the first games with voice acting in it, and like it's just comedic gold it's It's incredible tommy was so levels of like awkward meter Um, yeah i love it it's great um but at the same time there was really effective atmosphere for the horror and one of the things that made those games actually tense was the fact that you had to be so resourceful with your inventory Mm -hmm. um i i always think of the beginning of resident evil 2 uh it starts you off because resident evil 1 is all about exploring a mansion it's kind of a slow burn up until the first reveal of the first zombie which is like a really very cinematic moment in like video game history that first zombie turning around is like mm-hmm. one of the you know landmarks in, in horror games um especially if you're playing as chris because he only has a knife at that point controlling the knife in resident evil 1 with the tank controls is basically like playing tetris it's like oh, it's so <laughs> it's awful yeah we'll um, talk more
0: about controls let me start talking about four but.
1: Yes, uh, but uh, I always played as Jill because she started with a gun, which made sense in a zombie game, and I just thought she was cooler. Yeah. But uh, so played one, I think I got one after I got two, so I never got as into one. But two starts you off, uh, you can play as Leon or Claire. My dad and I played uh, mostly as Claire, who is Chris Redfield's sister. So in the first game, you're both members of this like police squad referred to as Star or Stars. I think Stars. Yeah, girl. and uh Umbrella Corporation is the villain. Just like uh, adding to our list of obvious bad guys, this is like, the funniest shit. Wesker is up there too. Yeah. Is it, um, it Albert or big- Alfred? I think it's Albert Wesker. Albert who's, Wesker was like yeah. at his peak comedicness in Resident Evil 4. Yeah,
0: he's like, he's like golden. He's pretty much like take golden eras, Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Dolph Lundgren and just like turn them into one person with like, <laughs> with the, um, with the, what, what's his name from, uh, from the Matrix who plays Agent Smith with like, Oh that, yeah, yeah. With that guy's tone and vibe. Yeah. But in that body. Oh, exactly. incredible. He's,
1: he really is an amalgamation of like every like cheesy villain. Yes, um, I love it. Yeah, so Resident Evil 2 was was a really big deal for me growing up. And every game after that was kind of hit or miss. Uh Resident Evil Nemesis was kind of a fun experiment where you played as Jill again uh and she was back in uh, Raccoon City, which was the main setting. Mm-hmm. Um and uh but it shared a lot of like the same level design as 2 and like it kind of felt like they just added a few bits and pieces to 2 and then added Nemesis, which was a really cool idea. Uh yeah. this like recurring villain that like time would stop and you ha- you would have to choose like hide or run or fight. It was oh, kind of interesting. You're adventure. Yeah. Um, I would love to revisit Nemesis, actually, because I feel like that's one that kind of goes under the radar. But I bring up two because two begins. You're either Leon or Claire in the middle of the burning streets of Raccoon City, and there are zombies everywhere. So as a young kid, especially and following most video game logic, I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to take them all on and then run to the next area. If you do that, you die like right in the beginning. Yeah, it's not. The game is teaching you right away, like most of the time you need to run. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, you should be very, very frugal with how you spend your ammunition. Uh, and that creates a game that's like all about navigating the environment. A lot about puzzles, a lot about remembering rooms you're in and, and shapes of keys. And oddly enough, kind of like Zelda in that way or mm. uh, Metroidvania. Yeah. And that's the element of the game that my dad and I gravitated most towards where I, eventually we got to the point where like this feels more like a puzzle game with zombies thrown in to add tension.
0: Yeah. Interesting. And that's
1: the best word to describe this game it's not that they were inherently scary because again the story is so cheesy and so the the dialogue is so over the top that it kind of diffuses any true sense of horror but they're always tense because you know what will happen i think that's something you brought up with with biohazard the horror went away once you realized the threat of the villain and that they weren't actually that threatening. Yeah. You know, the fact that the, you let the dad of the family wail on you with an axe and it took like five minutes to actually die. Mm-hmm. So I think, that, I think that that's like going to make or break the sort of tension in the atmosphere. Even if all the design is there, we have to know how effective the bad guys are. So <clears throat> after Nemesis, the game started to get a little bit more, uh, they started to be like a little bit more of the same, um, but they kind of lost the sense of horror after a while. And, and it's like, okay, well, not playing this for the awesome tank controls and the story so i'm out <laughs> oh you're not um, we're,
0: okay so what are you playing before the for then steven
1: yeah so i think there were a few games there was a game called resident evil survivor that was like oddly a first person shooter that was real bad there's code veronica for the dreamcast which was starring claire which that one was fine i heard it that, was that one was good i remember when that
0: one came out people were like oh this is kind of a return in a way yeah
1: that one felt like the older games and oddly enough uh, I don't know why I know this, but I've only seen one or two of the just truly incredible Resident Evil movies. Um, oh yeah, uh, which are just the worst. But uh, there in the first or second movie, there are some action sequences that are straight up lifted from Code Veronica. Great. Like um, there's a scene where like Claire drops a gun and then grabs it before it falls. Oh, yes, I remember that. Yeah, and that's like they just took that in the movie. So Code Veronica, the main influence for some of the cinematic choreography. Uh, Fun fact there. Mm -hmm. um dreamcast i could talk about it all day anyway (laughs) moving on so four was like one of those games where it was absolutely not the fourth game in the series but they were trying to reboot it basically Mm. and i remember going to a friend's house uh in like i think it came out in 2005 maybe a little earlier it was definitely the early 2000s but i went to my friend's house and he had it and like he was playing mercenaries mode which is a mode in four it's like a survival mode it's actually really fun it is really Um, fun yes and you could play as different characters but at the time I didn't know what it was and I thought that that was the core game and he was playing as this like masked mercenary named hunk which yeah. is an acronym uh, and hunk can snap the necks of zombies which is probably the bravest thing to do in a zombie related piece of media is to grab a zombie's face as right. your main form of attack so I was like this looks cool but this looks so like Michael Bade you know like this is so Absolutely. Like, yeah not a, not what I want from the game not knowing that the core game was nothing like that Mm -hmm. um or that it's the same game but like so long story short resident evil 4 somehow manages to like completely not only get rid of the like historically awful controls of the older games but at the time literally invented the the definitive third person over the shoulder camera that like every game later built on top of Um, yeah
0: i just to be fair like at the time i thought it was great i currently like going back and playing it to talk about it today just truly awful like i'm still having issues with it um but so are you playing on switch as
1: well yeah i'm playing it on switch i had to change some of the button config to make it better uh, which i'll get into okay but um yeah i mean this was definitely made for it came out on gamecube originally then it was later ported to ps2 and then later literally to everything yeah um, the, I would say the,
0: the the like best version at least for me the the one that I played the most of was on the Wii so I played it on GameCube I got it on GameCube initially um, yeah. because it was coming out for Wii and I was like why would I do that when I could just go to GameStop and buy a used copy on GameCube and just play that on the Wii instead um and I tried doing it and I, I really really hated it and then found out I didn't like the controls and then found out that the Wii was gonna have like point and shoot kind of uh kind of control mm-hmm. sch- schemes going on and uh that game I dumped a ton of time into and we'll talk about that more but uh yeah, yeah.
1: I, I thought that was a hot take when he first told me that, but then I th- not to not to validate your opinion by looking it up, but it seemed like that was actually a very common opinion that the Wii version was like one of the best ways to play this game. It absolutely was, yeah. It's just not a phrase I hear very often. Where it's like you got to check out the Wii version. It's like, the oh, motion really? controls are great. <laughs> it makes yeah, the game right? better. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I could see that in this case, uh, because this game, like this was one of the games that first introduced the over the shoulder camera as mm-hmm. well as quick time events which right. I think he does well uh, so yeah the 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 tone is much I mean the game is much more action oriented but there's still a very strong sense of using your inventory w- uh, wisely yeah because so even just in my couple hours of revisiting it I have so often run out of ammo and like just been completely screwed in scenarios yeah and something that the game I think revolutionized at the time and I think still is impressive for is the AI uh, the way the zombie's like duck out of the way of your shot and like work together to take you on they'll pick up ladders that were kicked over there's one point where you're in a cabin with ashley the president's daughter who you're yeah. tasked to <laughs> i cry every time someone goes ah the president's daughter it's yeah like, just call her ashley anyway <laughs> um so uh you're with lewis you're you're like one of the few friendly faces you run into throughout the game Ashley, um, and Leon are all in this like Evil Dead Two cabin as all these zombies mm-hmm. are approaching. So you had to like go up and down the stairs. Like I guess it's actually more akin to Night of the Living Dead, like the first one, mm-hmm. um, uh, where you have to like push like cabinets in front of doors and like yeah, uh, you know, it 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 just felt so organic like a lot of the things in the game still feel very organic where like i think a lot of times in these games like, why can't i just shoot this door open in this game you can you know if you see a lock on the door you can shoot it off um you can break windows and jump out of them you can there's a lot of 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 really like organic interactivity with the level design and i think the game really still shines in terms of level design atmosphere ai and like just general gameplay um i think The Switch controls do feel awkward, especially on the handheld. I would recommend not playing a handheld, honestly. Yeah, Um, I haven't at all. But there's a control... uh, If you go to the button configuration, Type 2 makes it that the left joystick is both moving to aim and moving around, which is, like, so much better than the other way. Oh, shit. Um, Okay. I'll have to do that. Yeah, honestly, doing that took away all my critique of the controls. Okay. Because something about the how far the second joystick is from both uh, the the left one on both the handheld version and the pro controller just made it feel really weird when like you would aim and then have to move with a separate like that's the standard for most shooters but for some reason in this game it feels really weird mm-hmm. I can't quite describe it but button config too highly recommended <laughs> so yeah yeah it's worth noting like the part of this game or part
0: of the the reason that I think this game builds such incredible tension is like due in part to how the controls are a little bit clunky right like you have to walk yeah. and then stop in place and then aim and then shoot and like if you want to reload like that is kind of you have to like pull out your gun and then reload you can't like reload independently while you're running around so you have to like stop and reload Um, if you need to like move away from zombies or or move um, just to like get a better shot you literally have to like put your gun down move stop pull your gun out and then aim and then shoot again so like there's a lot of placement um, that that is required and there's a lot of like very very intentional stops and starts in terms of your own strategizing and trying to stay alive um, which I think is more akin to at least based on what you were saying more akin to what happened in the first couple Resident Evil games So like even though this one is more action oriented like they're still building the tension via like the controls being a little shitty which is kind of funny and I don't I don't know yeah. like if that's super intentional or if they were like this is perfect this is exactly how this game should play there's nothing you I can think do parts of this. it are
1: I think I think like the idea that when you're aiming there's even like a little bit of human hesitation with Leon's grasp like you see the laser sight with all yes. your guns like, there's like a laser sight on all of them and even if you're not even touching the control stick like it is wavering a little bit all yeah. the time which can result in you missing so like they're definitely I think that is is intentional um i think some of the 2005 gunk is probably not intentional yeah. <laughs> but i i'm once i changed the button config i was actually impressed on how quickly i, I adapted to things and how quickly i just sort of followed the game's logic yeah. there's a moment in terms of like just knowing how effective enemies are i forgot how terrifying the dude with the chainsaw is mm-hmm. like it is the hokiest thing like there's a guy with like literally a paper bag on his head and a chainsaw yeah, the, he has like, the
0: burlap mask yeah
1: yeah And he takes, like, a lot of bullets to kill. So, like, just in the distance, if you ever hear a chainsaw, you're like, oh, fuck. Like, (laughs) and the animation where he kills you is brutal with that. It's 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 really... And I think... So, the fact that the game is so tense and is so, like, brutal in those moments, the fact that the dialogue is just, like, the cheesiest thing I've ever experienced in my life does really cut the (laughs) tension, both in a good and bad way sometimes. But, like, there's... (laughs) The first... Right before the title of the game appears, right before you see the like, Resident yeah. Evil 4 font, you're in a town, and it's really scary. Everyone in the town's attacking you, and you're like, how am I going to get out of this alive? And suddenly a bell rings, and they all go away. And Leanne goes, huh, where's everyone going? Bingo? and then that's the line they chose to introduce the game right and, they, yeah, and, the, and then very
0: slowly the Resident Evil thing I was playing it with um, I was at my parents house last night and uh, I was playing
1: it my dad came down like for that scene he was like what is this and then immediately <laughs> turned around and left <laughs> I also love how you meet you meet the fir- like the first area's like big boss and everyone calls him the big cheese the big like, cheese is, yeah, yeah like, and Le- but Leon says it so seriously he'll be on the phone with Hannigan who's like his uh, his agent that he communicate or the, a fellow agent that he communicates with and he's just like i met the big cheese and he could have killed me but he didn't yeah this is just bad um (laughs) but honestly i just i i i have very fond memories of this game and revisiting it and i think i liked it for the same reasons even at the time you know like Mm -hmm. this was never like a marvel of storytelling this is like a really yeah can't be fun b movie yeah and i would i would still recommend it if you haven't experienced it and you have any interest in this series this is probably the best game in it still so I think it does what the original games do well in terms of the atmosphere and the tension, but it's like very fun to play once you kind of adjust to some things.
0: Yeah, I, I so when I got it for the Wii, I ended up playing this game all the way through. I want to say like this is not even. Hyperbole, like twenty to thirty times, like somewhere in that vicinity. Like I played all the way through it over and over and over again. I unlocked everything. I did like the the mercenaries mode. You unlock a bunch of characters, and if you get five stars on all of them, you get like this like ridiculous weapon called the hand cannon at the end. Yeah, Um, I remember that. You get all these alternate outfits. Like I unlocked everything in this game. It's like one of the only games I've ever like fully, fully, fully hundred percented. And I was so excited when it came out for the Switch because it was like, oh my god, like just set me right back in into that zone. Like I want nothing more than to just play this game like 10 times all the way through. Um and immediately got so turned off by the controls because like I thought they were going to include the the motion aiming and they didn't. Um that I just like immediately bailed. But when you said you were playing it again for this week's episode, I was like, okay, I'll I'll check it out again cuz I still had it downloaded on the Switch. yeah and I started playing it and and was just like, let me just force myself to get used to the controls because like this game wouldn't be as lauded and as like positively uh, discussed all these years later, if if it wasn't like at least playable, right? Like people people wouldn't even be able to finish it if the controls were actually that bad. So I, I just kind of like kept bumming up. Uh, against it and, and made my way through. I got uh, to the part where you first uh, rescue Ashley. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, the president's daughter. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I, I, I just got hurt and like honestly I am now in the zone where it's like I want to keep playing this game and I want to like get all the way through it again. Yeah. Um, I'm still finding myself like getting surprised by things I just like have forgotten about because it's been 10 years. <laughs> but um, I'm like, I'm, I am I love, love, love this game. Um, it is like mostly because of how dumb it is but also it is just like a really solid action game yeah Um, in a way that like we talked about this a little bit last week talking about Resident Evil 7 but like 5 and 6 just got so in the weeds with like almost being like a military shooter instead of like this tense this tense like thriller horror adjacent game um that like they completely kind of lost the plot in a way and I I would love nothing more than to see this game like get like fully remastered or fully redone in the way Final Fantasy 7 is right now like like full like ground up like we're just going to revisit this The story um and and do it all again because this game is so so incredible and so stupid and
1: great um yeah i mean i want more people to experience it every line leon says is just like it reminds me a lot of like every character kurt russell has ever played
0: (laughs) i was gonna say he just seems like uh keanu reeves now with a blonde wig on like (laughs) every line he delivers is straight john wick it's yeah, so funny.
1: Like he pulls and and that does feel intentional. I think like oh, the yeah, campiness absolutely. here cuz I think sometimes like the campiness of the originals feels like oh this feels like they're trying to make it good and it's not. But yeah. like this feels like everyone was trying to emulate like a bad 80s movie. Uh-huh. Um and there's a line where uh where you rescue Lewis who's like uh, your your pal throughout the game and you he's like his hands are bound and there's tape over his mouth and he pull you pull off the tape and he's like oh you're not one of them. And he's like, no, He's, uh, he's like, I have one important question for you. And he smokes and he's like, I got gum. (laughs) Yeah. let <laughs> fuck this. Uh, my favorite line in the game is uh, at one point, uh, the second area, which is a castle, the villain is this like Napoleon-esque Yeah. Demon. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. And that's where the game, like if you didn't know it was cheesy yet, yeah, that's where they aren't even hiding behind it. And yeah. oddly enough, that's where it gets not scary anymore at all. The town to me is scary. The I rural mean, farm area is yeah. like very creepy. Once you get to the castle and Napoleon is trying to fight you, it's like, this isn't scary anymore. It's still tense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the demons with cat claws. And then at the end, zombies have like assault rifles and stuff. Or not assault rifles, but they have like mini guns. Yeah.
0: And um, and at that point, you already have upgraded all your weapons. So you have like a bunch of like military tactical gear and like an RPG in your pocket at all times. Right. So it's like, you know, at that point, like the idea of horror has gone out the window. And now it's just maybe maybe thriller, more action than anything else. Yeah.
1: And, but it worked. It still has that balance. you yes, know. And definitely. I think like there's one point where Napoleon offers you something and Leon goes, no thanks, bro. Yeah, there are some parts where you play as Ashley as well, which I kind of wish they like let you give Ashley like any kind of weapon. Like it is tense that like when you're playing as her, you are only able to like hide or like pull levers to like do puzzles. Mm-hmm. It just feels kind of problematic that like no Ashley can't have any weapons. Like I-, I know she's the president's daughter, but she can you know in this situation I think Leon can hand her one of his many guns. Yeah, <laughs> so they're on the same page. Right, you know, not tell her to hide in the literal trash. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of you know. I mean it's it's shitty but it's it fits in with the like 80s shittiness. Yeah. Um not to condone it but it, I don't think it like stands <clears throat> out as being especially awful. Yeah. But yeah, I I I still think this game all these years later still is worth checking out, especially if you haven't cuz I think that there is a balance struck here um both for the series and just in general that I haven't seen done elsewhere as effectively
0: yeah even in this franchise like this was kind of like the the beginning and end of them doing this uh this well and yeah i i completely agree with you in that like even even once you hit the napoleon era the napoleon era uh <laughs> of, of the game <laughs> there's still there's still tension but it's mostly from like an enemy showing up and you just going what the fuck how yeah on earth am I going to kill that thing Uh, you know and just figuring that out like that's kind of where the tension lies is like knowing that around any corner like the game designers have just invented the most like ridiculous horrific shit possible like uh the one of the main points that I always think about in, in the game is when you get to the hedge maze mm, yeah yeah I remember that and just the hedge maze is filled with dogs that move way faster than you can like stop like going back to the you have to stop pull out your gun aim and then shoot like the dogs don't give a shit that you have to do all that yeah and yeah. they just like load this maze up with dogs so around any corner you're just gonna get attacked by a dog and die like pretty much immediately um it's hilarious it's so stupid <laughs> like there's yeah. no there's no way to win unless you know where all the dogs are so you're just gonna die over and over and over again until you figure that out but i i weirdly love it like and that's kind of the thing with me playing this game over and over again where first of all like when you start the game it tracks how many times you completed the game like it's in I, I think the save files show like what chapter you're on, um, how long you've been playing, how many times you've saved so far and how many times you've beaten the game and what your difficulty is. Um, and, and this game like really does reward you for beating the game and then starting over again. Cause you just it start does. with all your shit. You do new game plus, you just start with everything you ended the game with. So yeah. you're like a machine already right in the beginning. And then you just accrue more money and upgrade everything even more and start to unlock even more like ridiculous guns that don't unlock until you beat the game two, five, ten times. Um, and then you're like unstoppable stuff has unlimited ammo like you're a, you're a, you're a monster you are more terrifying than anything else and like that's when the game gets really fun it's like i have mastered this thing <laughs> yeah. so ridiculously i've i've broken through the code i'm
1: fucking neo at this point um <laughs> there are I'm some Keanu fun. with the wig on yeah the only <laughs> alternate costume i think i used was you can give ashley like a medieval suit the of suit armor. armor yeah yeah which is just incredible it's, it's um, great uh yeah it's it's a fantastic game and yeah it is it is one of those like i think this happens we talked about this with final fantasy 7 Works like there's the game that revolutionizes its own series, but then like they never do it like that again, Mm -hmm. (laughs) despite the influence it has. Like, there's nothing like that game, and I think it is that delicate balance between horror and action because, like you said, uh, five and six leaned way more into the Michael Bay shittiness, there's like no no charm there at all. And then seven is the straight up horror. It sounds like, you know, mm-hmm. even though it might actually be less effective than it's trying to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd be interested to to see how the rest of that game shakes out. I don't have it, so I can't continue playing it. But um, yeah. I was talking to AJ. Hi, AJ about, about that game. Cause he finished it and loved it. Um, but uh, it, it seems like there's a lot of game there and I really just kind of scratched the surface of it. So yeah, for Maybe sure. Be worth reviewing I mean, at some point,
1: yeah, I think I'm also curious and checking it out eventually too. I also really want, to check out the remake of Resident Evil 2. I hear great things about it. Yeah, I've also Um, heard
0: a lot of good stuff about it. I've never really been super interested in playing that game, but I I think you should. (laughs) Yeah, I think I
1: should too, especially because, like, I, you know, I've heard... I, I want to play it for Halloween, but I also want to play it before the year's over. You know, for potentially like game of the year stuff. Um, mm. Not to say that it would be number one, but like I feel like it would probably be on my radar. Things I really like. Yeah, I have a whole I've, section
0: on my Goatee list of just like games that got re released this year that like mm-hmm. I can't count in my top ten really, but like are worth mentioning.
1: Yeah, but this is this is a this for context. This is a full remake. This mm. is not a this is not a remaster. This is like new game okay. territory. So yeah, one day check that out because I really love the remake of the first resident evil that is probably the most effective horror game uh that game has a lot of really interesting cinematic angles like every room is a fixed camera position right yeah uh it reminds me a lot of like weird like early german impressionist film of like mm. the strange beetlejuice-esque angles and shadows and uh the thing about that game is that whenever you kill a zombie Unless you have lit it on fire or cut its head off in some way, it will come back to life as a stronger zombie that runs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, so it's a really, really good remake. And that's on the Switch. I have not played it, but I think that that's definitely worth checking out if, if you haven't played it and you're a fan of horror. Yeah. Um, I would say like top three Resident Evils. Resident Evil 4 overall game. Resident Evil 2 for the old school time of that series is the best. And the remake of one is is the, at, at least up until uh, Biohazard was the most effective like horror experience. Mm, yeah. Interesting. You ever play the Silent Hill games? Uh, I played one of them on the PS1
0: a long time ago i don't even know which one it is and i don't really remember anything about it it had pyramid head in it though is all i recall
1: that adds up uh yeah he i think you possibly played two then because that was the first time he showed up um okay Um, but that i like for a while i feel like the only big horror series were resident evil and silent hill yeah um i've only played silent hill 2 but i really enjoyed that game that that game is just straight up terrifying yeah um maybe we'll talk about that one day yeah maybe Uh, next october
0: yeah oh oh, and pt i guess if
1: that counts oh yeah um very cool yeah resident Fort definitely worth checking out i think it's like 20 bucks on switch you can get it literally for everything
0: yeah it's on it's on literally everything so just get it it's 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 worth playing if you haven't um
1: yeah especially this season happy halloween (laughs) (laughs) don't laugh at me goodbye what was your catchphrase now that's logical
0: now that's logical
1: yeah (laughs) now this is halloween or that seems logical i I already forget what it is that seems it was that seems logical wow it was so good and then we immediately forgot it (laughs) moving on happy halloween everyone happy halloween Brendan, I hear uh, whispers that you've been playing Dragon Quest 11 S Definitive Dragon: Echoes of an Elusive Dragon Age.
0: You almost had—I thought you were gonna do it. I thought you had it for a second. Dragon, Dragon Quest 11 S: Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition for the Nintendo That's
1: Switch. Right. I knew it. I just didn't know when the Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch TM y- was. Yeah, it's always hiding the around title.
0: the corner, waiting to waiting to no, pop out. No Dragon of
1: you. Age, U for the Wii U. Not. Just kidding. This time it's the Switch.
0: This time, time it's the called. Switch. Uh, yes, I've been playing this game. That you didn't like, um, and I love it. That's a
1: bit harsh. I can talk more about it. Steven Stephen, at a. one
0: point, we did an episode on this game, and Steven said, "I hate it. I hate it. I hate it." And he ripped his <laughs> headphones out of his head, and he, he stormed out of the room. And I just sat there, Move, and I said, "I the hate episode. Dragon
1: Quest Eleven. I didn't have any fun playing this game. Move. I'm taking my headphones out. I'm going outside so I can go to the bathroom." <laughs> What was that? I don't know. I turned into a dog. Wow, I'm so upset now? I'm a dog.
0: You're you're a literal Hanna Barbera cartoon.
1: <laughs> well, I have to go outside I need to go to the bathroom. Someone opened the door. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick of you playing Dragon Quest XI as Echo Demon of Age. I had to go to the bathroom outside someone please open the door oh i'm so sick of this dragon quest this is nothing okay um it's definitely something steven i definitely have mixed opinions on it and i'm excited to hear you talk about it because i know you really like it um yeah so so let's hear about it
0: this game you mentioned uh in in an episode (laughs) a while ago and i was just like that sounds just dreadful. I want no part of this. I just didn't want to play it at all. I didn't
1: pitch it well. Um, just for context, I think it was. Uh, I think it's literally called Dragon Quest 11. Uh, this time, Cubert. Yes, yeah, it's, in, it's Dragon. It's, no, it's
0: Dragon Quest 12. This time, is Q- this time Q-bert is in it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I got it uh, back in season one on a whim, because uh, I, as, as anyone who has overheard this show knows, I really love RPGs. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I've never played a Dragon Quest game, and that is literally the series that invented uh, JRPGs. Yeah. We would not have Final Fantasy or anything else without Dragon Quest. So, like, I definitely admire it for that. And I haven't played any of them. So, I had heard good things about Eleven. It was for the PS4. I think it might have been on sale. Uh, but who knows i just got it randomly and felt a little underwhelmed by aspects of it really liked some aspects of it ultimately felt like it felt like experiencing the thing that set the foundation but other people have done it better since Mm -hmm. and this series hasn't really i think i've said this before and that's a common point of discussion with dragon quest is that like they purposely don't change anything they keep to the same exact like formula and and it's it's a classic ass rpg that's what you're gonna get Mm -hmm. um so I think if you're looking for that, it's going to be awesome. And I, I like that, too, which is why I put as much time into it as I did. But I'll get into specifics more. I, I want to hear your thoughts first. And I'll also share what I liked about it and, and what I felt kind of weird about.
0: Yeah. So I, I kind of had no interest in picking it up after after hearing you talk about it. Um. But also <laughs> at that point, I was still in this zone where it's just like, I don't really like JRPGs that much. Like I play Persona a little bit, but like that's kind of it. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's. It, into the Aether 2 the quest continues like I've been on this kind of god quest to find a JRPG that I like specifically for the Nintendo Switch and the idea that a full-ass PS4 JRPG Dragon Quest game was going to come out on the Switch was like a little bit more enticing every single day and and eventually like once I started seeing what this game was actually going to look like and like really getting my eyes on it and hearing from people who had played and loved um, the PS4 release and the re-release on PS4 because they did like a like a re-release and I think that was s i think that was dragon quest 11 s echoes of an mm. elusive age not the definitive edition um but that version added um added voice acting which it didn't have initially and uh, a bunch of other things
1: oh that might be what i have then because it has what vo- it sure has voice acting i'll tell you yeah. how much english voice yeah.
0: acting specifically yes um which was your uncle yeah, which wasn't in the original game. Um, yep. This version for the Switch introduces Japanese voice acting. Uh, very cool. A 2D mode that allows you to play the game as if it's like a Super Nintendo uh, JRPG. I love that. I love which that is so very much. cool. Uh, although it does pop in and out into the fully rendered 3D cutscenes, which is very jarring. <laughs> that is uh, so funny. Yeah, I played it for like 15 minutes just to like be able to say that I checked it out. It's definitely not for me, but I wanted to like see what it was all about. Yeah. Because um, every time you talk to one of the priests or you talk to like the angel statues or something to save one of the options in there now is switch to 2d mode um so I was like i'll check it out
1: that is like the bulk of what i share with you is that you have to confess your sins to save this game which is yes. still my favorite thing about it
0: yeah um, it's really spectacular uh so over time the closer we got to it the more i was like this is going to be the one and like in between the announcement of this for the switch and now uh i have played a pretty sizable chunk of final fantasy 7 i've played an entire run of fire emblem and i'm like halfway through another one I'm so, so, like, so proud of you thank you yeah. uh, so, so like I'm definitely and getting, enjoyed both of them you, and enjoyed more, both of them and yeah. that's that's the special thing yeah. yes um, that that is the the shift in my my brain brainwaves uh, that I've been looking for because I've always wanted to get into JRPGs I've always like kind of admired them from afar but like could never really get behind the turn-based combat or anything like that because I just really liked the active vibe of every other style of game I've been playing and I think maybe over time with like maybe maybe just like indie games and like quote-unquote walking simulators which is a a genre name that I fucking hate, but, like, I'll say because it's the colloquial way of talking about them. But, like, those kinds of games that are slower paced and things like that, I think have kind of, like, cooled me down in terms of, like, a person who plays video games and allowed me to get more into the idea of of a turn-based, like, more strategic thing. Well,
1: I think think it's not... I I've said this before in passing, but with with like a lot of old school RPGs, with some glowing exceptions, I think a lot of the actual game is almost a placeholder, which is why like by today's standards it's not super compelling. I mean, I think a lot of those games just kind of threw in combat so it wasn't just a visual novel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause like, you know, back in like the early nineties, those types of games were, were basically the one genre who were trying to tell a story through yeah. video games. So like now that we're at a point where that's happening more across the board having and I think that might be why I'm bumping against Dragon Quest 11 because like not only have video games as a whole moved towards like being a storytelling medium but RPGs in recent years, JRPGs in particular have evolved gameplay-wise. I think yeah. this show began with us talking about Octopath Traveler. Which I was just about to we, bring that up. Yeah, which we discussed. The story is kind of you know vacant, but like that game really is like just an amalgamation of every old school RPG mechanic that could work and does. Yeah. um I always point to Persona Five as like the modern revolutionary JRPG, and I think Fire Emblem Three Houses follows right in those footsteps. Yeah, I think um, so too. Obviously bit more of a strategy game, but like in terms of what an RPG can accomplish uh uniquely, uh, both those games have really pushed the envelope for the for the genre. So anyway, I, I just wanted to kind of touch on like I don't think it's a you problem for like trying to get into Final Fantasy IX and 2019 being like, uh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um so
0: yeah so um, this game uh, eventually we we got a demo I think it was like a month ago or a month and a half ago or something like that it was like right after E3 maybe um, they released a demo and it was like I think they said it was like five to ten hours long yeah. and I, and I started playing it I turned the game on and watched like the first cutscene and it was immediately like okay. I'm into this already. Like I'm already kind of smitten by this. Um, and played the game maybe for about an hour before I decided I do not want to continue playing this game until the full thing is out because I'm going to rip through this demo and then have to sit on my hands for a month. Like I don't want to do that. Um, so I did. I waited until the game came out and I've been playing it kind of on and off. Um, I've been doing it like the way people tell me I'm supposed to, which is I play it like an hour or two before bed every night. And I would say at this point I'm like five to ten hours in this vicinity. I think like somewhere somewhere around there. Um, I love this game I love it, love it, love it. So it, worth mentioning some of the stuff that you bumped up against that I am really enjoying. I turned off the English voice acting and I switched <laughs> to the Japanese because I the mean, English I like voice it. acting you were right is just brutal.
1: Yeah, it's it's I love you know me. I mean I just talked about how I love the campiness of Resident Evil Four, but like it really feels like an unpassionate production of Tale of Two Cities. Yeah, like it's like you know everyone has very Cockney accents except for Eric, who's from Brooklyn apparently. Yeah, his voice sounds nothing <laughs> like, you, like it should. You can't even it laugh so at that because you just look sick. Yeah, you just look like you're upset. So that's good that the. That- you know you can change that because it is it is kind of rough especially like just the random npcs like after a while you're like oh my god
0: yeah and 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 worth mentioning again that is a new addition to the switch version like that is that is only on the switch version currently unless they patch it into other versions later but that that by itself really changed the way i was kind of perceiving the game but on top of that also this the story and i the story i've heard a lot from you and from others is like just the most classic ass jrpg like oh my god no way you're the you're the chosen hero and there's like an evil like inverse of you that's out there oh my god and you have to like go out on this quest and get a bunch of macguffins so you can like harness a power so you can fight the evil you know it's it's zelda it's it's just the legend of zelda essentially you know like getting reincarnated over and over again like that whole thing um actually so that is true don't get me wrong on on the top line level of like describe the narrative of this game that is what it is. Once you go like one level deeper, I think it's actually really interesting. And I'm really enjoying the way the story is being told. And I, I need to kind of put an asterisk on that and mention like, again, this is maybe the fourth JRPG I've ever played like for real, for real in my whole life. This is the first time I'm actually seeing all of those tropes actually happen before my very eyes. Um, right. I have not done this hundreds of times in the past. So like, right. it still is fresh to me. But even even within that, like even recognizing that and like still trying to find something interesting. interesting like there is some cool stuff that they're doing to kind of subvert that narrative in a lot of ways like um not not to spoil a lot but like in in the beginning when you first get your first party member uh eric you meet him in a dungeon because you grew up found out you're the chosen one and uh you were told go meet the king he's gonna be so happy to meet you like it's great to know that the chosen one is back um you know like any any (laughs) evils that show up
1: um, yeah yeah.
0: Are are gonna are gonna cower in fear because you are what what are you you're the luminary. That's what you're called. You're called the mm-hmm. luminary. It's like, "Okay, the luminary's back." This is like the beginning of like a beautiful age for uh Heliodor, which is the name of the, the whole world. Um this is like a big deal that you're back. So like go introduce yourself to the king. He's going to be so happy to see you. So you go up and, you know, you make your way through, you fight a bunch of enemies first time you kind of get out of the starting village and you make your way to the castle and you go and you meet the king and the king is like Oh, thank goodness you're here. It's the luminary. Isn't everyone happy and everybody starts clapping. You're like, yay, "Yay!" And then very quickly like everybody stops clapping and things like start to turn a little bit dark and he's like, "Yeah, throw him in the fucking dungeon. Get him out of here." Like we're going to kill him in 3 days. Um because his idea, which like is not unlike things that are being explored in say Star Wars, specifically in in this new trilogy, um oh. is pretty much like, "Okay, because you exist, your equal and opposite also exists." And if we kill you, then that means that the equal and opposite will also die because neither of you can exist without the other, essentially. Um, So his idea is, well, we just capture the luminary before he gets too powerful to be stopped. And then we just cut his head off, which is great and even that little like twist on on the formula to me was kind of interesting enough like that was kind of surprising and then you get into stuff where like you escape and you go back to your hometown and it's beautiful but it's also 10 years earlier for some reason and you that was to, cool i was i was yeah. about to
1: say the time the time travel mechanic was actually a pretty neat twist yeah like the, that kind of stuff keeps popping up
0: um and not even like getting into the fact that all the character designs are incredible oh, yeah. like all of the people that i'm meeting are like so interesting I'm in a town right now where everybody speaks in haikus um, yeah and like I just I just find every bit of this game so so charming. Another thing that they've added to this version of the game specifically for Switch, and I'm really hoping they do patch into the PS4 version and stuff, is they've replaced all the MIDI uh, music with like full symphonic, like Tokyo <sighs> Symphony Orchestra music. Honestly,
1: that that was one of the biggest grading points for me. Yeah. And like really not to be nitpicky, but I think like if you're gonna invest this amount of time into an RPG and hear the same songs over and over again. I mean, you know, the most brilliant example of that is Persona 5, which somehow Last Surprise never gets old. Yeah, In all 100 hours of that game, that song never gets old. But like I just couldn't do it after a while of like hearing like it's like someone fell asleep on a synth. This mm-hmm. is bad. Yeah, it's um, not
0: great. You can switch back and forth between them. And I've been listening to them and it's like not not great. The the MIDI versions, the symphonic versions are gorgeous and beautiful oh, yeah. and like really, really, really just like a fucking gravity. Well, suck you into the the vibe of this game. Um, yeah. and, and what I've found, I think over time is that this is like my perfect like hangout game like this to me just feels like I load the game up. I'm hanging out with a bunch of my friends. I'm running around like even grinding. I kind of find fun because I'm just like running around and, and battling like monsters with incredible designs and like oh, kind yeah. of kind of we talked about the we talked about the platypunk last time platypunk is great I mean there are so yeah. many like there, there's yeah. just too many to count there's like a little tiny like cute uh cute pig that wears like a big sorcerer's hat uh that you meet in like the like a mangrove forest I um, think it's
1: called a pig witch or something something like that
0: yeah, it's it's it was very, very clever. All the names are very yeah. clever. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I just I just really, really, really enjoy pretty much every aspect of this game, like even exploring the towns, talking to every single person just to like see what kind of dialogue they have. They all have these like just incredible character designs. It's it's fucking good. <laughs> it's just so good. I'm like totally smitten by it. I can't stop playing it like anytime I'm playing anything else. Like when I was playing Resident Evil for this episode, all I kept thinking was mm, I could just smash that home button at any moment and switch to dragon quest
1: (laughs) (laughs) i mean in terms of aesthetic and vibe you can't get more night and day yeah so i i agree with you on a lot of those points i think that this game is like 80 percent like the positives of this game are like almost entirely Akira Toriyama's art. Like, yeah. that is, like, what create, And it, it's really beautifully rendered in 3D. I think you run the risk of, like, being on Valley when you take his, like... You know, because he's also... It's funny that he is the art designer for this series that has never changed because, like, he has also never changed. <laughs> yeah, There's, like, three characters, you know, like, everyone... Uh, yeah, the like,
0: protagonist and Eric are just the same person with two different hairstyles.
1: They're both trunks, yeah. Like, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, they're trunks the, pre- and post- Super Saiyan. Right. So... But I mean like it it were, like I don't really like that as a point of critique for his art style because I I get it it's very visible but it also feels intentional and it also feels like he has so many if the monster design wasn't so all over the place and so Mm -hmm. creative like I don't mind that like there's a few similar faces you also look at any prolific artist, and like you'd see trends I think he he does kind of have a limited palette for faces but like you know whatever Um, yeah I think that also makes his stuff recognizable and like he's clearly successful (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's done a good job at what he does but his art style and his character design and his monster design especially so cool and creative and that honestly was the thread that made me keep playing the game as long as i did Uh, you're right about the towns they all have their own thing Uh, my favorite town you slowly but surely build your roster of characters and the last two people you recruit are jade and rab I believe their names are. Mm-hmm. Rab is the guy. Also, my favorite thing Dragon Quest XI does, which I wish every RPG did, is when you load it up, Rab briefly describes what happened last time you played. Yeah. Which, like, because a lot of times with an RPG of this length, you're going to play it a lot. You might bounce for a significant amount of time and then go back to it later. Yeah. And like me, you might forget where you are and then bounce indefinitely. Yeah. Um. So the fact that they have the last time on Dragon Quest is like so. So it's nice. amazing. There's
0: so much writing in there too. I. At one point, I just like I loaded up the game, played for like five minutes and then saved and quit and then loaded again to see if I would have a different intro. And I did. I did. It was like it was like three whole pages of text about like the shit I had done in the last five minutes, which I was like so impressed by.
1: So I probably put in like. 15 to 20 hours into this game like yeah. I, I played a sizable piece of it I think this is probably a 60 to 80 hour RPG that's what I've is, heard it's around that yeah. vicinity yeah um, depending on what you do and I just at that point got to uh, where I had the full cast so I had mm-hmm. the full cast of characters and I just got in a boat so I can now sail the world map uh, yeah. which is very cool I the, the reason I bounced is because I had spent enough time with it where I was just like okay like I admire the settings and I love the character design and i even like a handful of the characters but like kind of like octopath there was just not enough in the story that was keeping me there and i didn't love the gameplay enough to stick with it Mm -hmm. so like i like the combat it's very it's intentionally old school um i do like how every character kind of has like uh you'll like this because you played ff10 they have like a sphere grid basically yeah where uh they each have like Three weapons they can use that all have their own skill trees. So I like that every character has their central identity, but there is a lot of customization within that. So yeah, um, you know, I think as a main character you could use anything, but a lot of like Eric, I think, can use like daggers or fists or something. Boomerangs, um, boomerangs, which is great. More games should have boomerangs. In them. Yeah, agreed. Um, can you imagine being the chosen hero's friend with a boomerang named Eric? I love it. <laughs> Bob's your uncle, I'm here with a boomerang. Um... (laughs) so all that's great there's a town where you recruit jade and rab where it's a gladiator town and you team up with this dude who's like beloved by all uh and you like fight all these like wwe wrestlers basically right that kept me going uh, the there's a lot to this game to really like and i think your idea and, and the idea of playing it like an hour before you go to sleep is the perfect way to play it so i didn't really dislike anything i just i didn't like anything enough to keep playing it yeah um the things i disliked were the fact that like at the end of the day i having the experience the rpgs that i do i'm like okay i've seen my home village burn down before mm-hmm. i've been told i'm the chosen before this game's not like all that stuff you can do and like it's all about the execution and even though the game does do one or two things that do kind of subvert it a little bit it is still very much the standard story yeah um So I didn't really have a huge drive to see what happens next. And it eventually got to the point where grinding was the necessary path to move forward. And I just found that to be a little bit like, okay, I'm not really enjoying the combat enough either just to arbitrarily spend more time playing a game that I ultimately don't really care to see what happens next. Yeah. So I'm really happy you're enjoying it. I think there's a lot to like here, but I just think I am in the camp of like, okay, like I like the series. I I respect it from a distance, but I'm not going to like see it through to the end yeah there shouldn't be huge points against the game that i'm not going to finish it because I, I truly need to love a game to finish it yeah you know um but that's that's where i'm at i'm, I'm just ultimately more interested in in where the rpg genre is going based on games like three houses like Persona five that i'm not like willing just to do the same thing over and over again
0: yeah and and like that is all extremely fair and and for me like this is still fresh and new and interesting yeah, on my end like i have tried playing games like this in the past and kind of bounce off of them but for some reason i'm just in a brain space right now where like this is exactly what i want um and it really speaks to a thing that i haven't mentioned on the show in a long time but like the the games as vibe kind of idea like the vibe of this game is so perfectly crafted to be that like bedtime story um because the world is so beautiful and rich and colorful um i i feel very similarly playing this that i in the way that i did uh playing breath of the wild in that like every time i load it up it's just like wow this this world is so pretty i just want to live in this like i just want to live in Dragon Quest at all times and like that's the thing that's bringing me back it's not the story it's not really anything else outside of the fact that I just like being in that place more than I like being anywhere else at the moment.
1: Um, I mean, cows tell you what the weather is going to be the next day. So like, what yes. else do you want? You know, the, the thing and like, you know me, I love all that kind of esoteric stuff. But I think what it bumped up against with the world and I agree with you, the world is beautiful, like uh, aesthetically and design wise, it's a beautiful place. But there's not ironically, there's not a lot to do in it. And that's where I kind of lost interest because like mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild, every corner of that world is you can climb you can interact with and i'm not saying that they should have done that in this game but like yeah. there really isn't much to explore i mean you'll find items and stuff and like they're like if, if you're just enjoying it for an aesthetic reason like move around but like every landmark they tell you exactly where you have to go next and like you can deviate from that and i think this game really shines as a dungeon crawler whenever i yeah. find like a temple to explore or all that like, i feel like i am playing the intended dragon quest experience mm-hmm. i really love that it sounds like i would. Probably Probably enjoy the definitive edition way more. I'm just bitter that I got this one and I don't want to spend the full amount for it so maybe if it's on sale I'll revisit it or maybe I'll just you know put in earplugs and play Spotify uh, and play the PS4 version Yeah. still yeah. But I'm, I'm really more than I am mixed about the game itself I'm really happy that you are enjoying it Um, and I hope that this opens the door because I, I already am naming my first child Brendan because you played <laughs> FF7 and enjoyed it but <laughs> I hope that this lets you perhaps enjoy it because like my dream is if you were ever to play Chrono Trigger one day and enjoy it that's the last thing I would ask of you. I have. It on I know my you've phone. tried it, and you you have it on your phone. Oh, but don't play on your phone because that's the uh, that's the S edition version of Chrono Trigger. Where like the font is weird and like i the have the original on my phone and i oh, can't say how that's right you're you're like a cool hacker i can't say how <laughs> well regardless um you don't owe me anything but that's <laughs> one of my favorite games of all time and that to me is like the definitive old school rpg that also oddly is still revolutionary and mm-hmm. how they execute it yeah um and it's still very fun to play i will we'll probably end up doing a bonus episode about that eventually because i'm not chill about it uh <laughs> but um yeah I'm really happy you're enjoying it.
0: Yeah, me too. Honestly, I I was kind of worried because I was hyping it up so much over the past couple of months, um, and then when it came out and I started playing it. Well, actually, when it came out, I, I was so busy because I went to Scotland immediately. I had to deal with Comic Con stuff, mm-hmm. um, and also like I, I started playing Control around the same time. So there was just like a lot that prevented me from playing Dragon Quest, and it, I just had it sitting there like on uh, my bedside table, just like ready to go um, until when things slowed down a little bit. And I'm really glad I finally got to dive in and that it really lived up to my expectations and who knows like maybe in when when I hit the 15 to 20 hour mark maybe I'll bail out too but right now it just feels like watching an hour of like a really good anime every night before I go to sleep sure which is great
1: yeah I mean that's awesome I'm glad you're I'm glad Gotta keep going. Cool. I'm glad you that's nice, honey. I'm glad yeah. you enjoyed. Well, you still have homework to do. what I do. I'm not doing this again. It's okay. Thank you. Do you want to wrap up? Yeah,
0: I think we should. Uh Dragon Quest eleven for the Nintendo Switch uh is a great game that I recommend getting if anything that I just said sticks out to you, uh, or if you feel like taking a chance on something. Uh or yeah. don't take a chance on it if uh you feel like you're on in Steven's boat and you've played a lot of JRPGs before.
1: Yeah, I would say uh, i I'm I I am curious to check out another Dragon Quest game. I might see like if I could play like one of the older ones. I think they're on the Switch, aren't they?
0: Uh yeah, they just released a bunch of them. I don't know which ones, but they released a lot of them on the Switch recently.
1: I'll do some research and maybe I'll check out an older one. Yeah. That'd be cool. But yeah, I mean, I don't I don't not recommend it, but I would say like definitely cautious recommendation with a lot of caveats in terms of like what you look for in an ARPG. Yeah. So this is not an uncommon dichotomy. I think this is the discourse I see a lot about this game mm. is like, you know, enjoying it for the very reasons some people might not so either way uh, if you like it hell yeah yeah speaking of wrapping things up do you want to wrap up Brendan
0: I would love to wrap up Steven Uh, thank you so much everybody who listens to the show Uh, if you like the show the best way to help it grow is to share it with other people that you think would like it Um, whether that be like retweeting our stupid uh, episode announcement tweets that get weirder and weirder every week Uh, or (laughs) they really do yeah or just going to Apple Podcasts and writing a review Um, that also helps a lot Uh, if you want to help the show financially uh, you can head over to Patreon dot com slash into the cast uh, where we have a bunch of rewards uh, the $1 tier gets your shout out on the show which we're about to go through uh, $3 gets you access to the episode art in a high res format and I also make mobile versions of all of the art and sometimes I will throw in some extra ones if I'm feeling like extra inspired that week oh, and uh, then we have a $5 version uh, which gets you access to the newsletter of which we have two episodes uh, two issues so far uh, both of which we are very proud yeah. of And another yeah we're, one on the we're
1: really excited about what well, form that will take we're trying to get more writers and artists involved as well Um, so it'll be kind of more of a collaborative effort and we're still going to the first issue is uh, is public medium.com session to the cast right? I believe so yeah yeah that's just uh, Brendan and I uh, we both wrote, uh, you wrote a piece about the Pokedex, I wrote about Fire Emblem, no surprises and drew something as well and moving forward I think every quarter, so every every, uh, like three or four months we will release a public issue which is like a compilation of our favorite pieces yeah in the past totally um so thank yeah. you all for supporting that um anything uh, else we
0: have yeah uh, just want to give that shout out to all our right patrons. of course
1: <laughs> thanks um, for your money anyway oh, look at the time
0: thank you uh, so much to akira andrew bead benjamin benjamin bolt brett christopher hilton inez jason jeff kim kyle mark Marcel, Millie muffin pie micah min no name thank you to that anonymous donor, uh, yes, Philip Scout and Spencer. Thank you all so much for backing the show. Uh, really, really means so, so, so much um, to have your support. Um, and what else? We have a Twitter account at Into the Cast. We have a Twitch account at uh, Into the Cast as well. YouTube link is in the show notes and a very active and fun and cool Discord, which is bit.ly/slash TWG Discord. Yeah. That link is also in the show notes.
1: Honestly, I recommend the Discord over the show. Like the Discord rules. <laughs> the Discord, like people are having better conversations than you and i are uh i mean I'm, i digress but the discord rules would highly yeah. recommend yeah join it it's cool it's a good time yeah all right yeah i i echo everything <laughs> <laughs> all right um i echo everything brandon said i i can't forget last week when you said every week is just us trying to make the show which i think is the most apt critique yeah um but yeah uh what is how many is this the penultimate spooky season oh man it might be the one. Well, so oh, we got one more. We have one more. Okay. Um, I will say it's unfortunate because a game I'm really looking forward to in terms of what's on the horizon. That game After Party comes out the 29th, mm-hmm. which I'm very excited for. The same people who made uh, Oxenfree are making a new game that looks yeah. really cool and is like very Halloween inspired. Right. But it comes out after we will have recorded that week's episode, so I'll probably uh, just in honor of October ending, we'll probably talk about that game the first week of november yeah um, that's that a huge deal but i in in my world of worlds i wanted to end this season with a game i was really excited for but it'll have to wait until november it's not okay. a very scary month uh, well,
0: it can a- be, aj's been calling that uh, october 32nd so that's fine
1: <laughs> yeah i guess because halloween parties will probably be happening on both weekends mm-hmm. based on where halloween is this yeah. year how's the weather by you? It's great, Stephen. How about you? (laughs) It's fine. Goodbye. See you later.
0: TWG, the worst garbage dot online.